Hello and welcome to the last podcast of 2021. I know. Shocking. Um, How was your Christmases? Sorry. You go first, Catherine. Oh, we're so polite. (laughs) Yeah, mine was really good. Thank you. It was quiet. I went down south to see my parents and my brother. Do you know what wasn't quiet? Your journey. That sounded eventful. Yeah, it was very eventful. Thankfully, on the way back up, it was all right. It was good. I love that they just got to Newcastle and were like, "Mm, no, no trains. (laughs) It's not delayed. It's (laughs) cancelled. Just terminated here. You're just going to have to spend Christmas in Newcastle. (laughs) But I like that you were just like, do you know what? I'm just going to rent a car. I was like, I didn't want to get on any more trains as well, because I was really scared of like getting COVID and then taking it to my parents. I was like, no, cars that we forward. And it was a very expensive journey. Yeah. I mean, expensive, but yeah, the right thing to do, I think. Worth it, worth it. And Shona, you had five dogs for Christmas. I had five dogs um, and one baby and two grannies. Is that what Santa bought (laughs) No, see, as soon as you have a baby, people stop buying you presents and they buy the baby presents, which is not fair. I'm still here. I still like presents. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. (laughs) Did you see what my dad got me? What did they get you? Well, technically nothing. So like, this is so standard, my family. But I think I used to kind of not like it. So I was like, oh, everyone seems like they have like these amazing Christmases and stuff. Like literally we'll just like, we decided that one of the trees in the garden was now the Christmas tree. So just put like a couple of things on that. Like that's a Christmas tree. (laughs) No one had bought any presents. Like I'd bought some from Mexico, but they were just like little jokey things. And so the day before, like I went home for a coffee and, and I was like, oh, this, um, this milk froth is really cool. Like just kind of just making conversation. Like, oh, I didn't know we had a milk frother in the family. Like blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and then so the next like day. Like it's a family heirloom. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I didn't know we were the kind of family that like made proper coffee with like the proper milk the way it's meant to be and everything. But like we are now. That's who we are now. So anyway, the next day on Christmas I got the milk frother wrapped up but then a note saying your one's on the way with like an order for it but that's so my dad like normally I'll get a card and it'll be like an Amazon order of something that hasn't arrived yet <laughs> but I'm like oh I really like it because it means that like there's no pressure for me to like but some people stress out so much before Christmas right about getting everyone something and mm-hmm. how's the day gonna go and stuff and I like literally just have to turn up with something and I've done pretty well so that was my Christmas Mm. yeah and now the milk frother I can't say that word frother frother the milk frother has arrived and it's great really changes your coffee like really changes it here do you think because you got one present it makes you appreciate that one present so much more than if you got lots of presents yeah I think so yeah 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 I got that and then also I got from my aunt a bag that is made out of a UN tent yeah yeah so there you go it's a very sturdy bag and she works in uh in like some of the camps in Jordan so that's where it's from and I was like that's a great story behind the bag yeah Anyway, enough about me and what I got for Christmas. Let's answer some questions. 
So I've got the thread up here. Oh, I don't anymore. But now um, I will have it in a second. Don't um, let me not... read them out. Okay. <laughs> you want me to read them? You're the best reader here, babe. You Thanks. do it. Thanks. English degree paid off. <laughs> okay. Um, Laura, to chuck or not to chuck fat. Oh, no, sorry. We've done this one. Oh, we've done this one. We've done this one. So where are we starting? Is it Anne? I think the next one, yeah. Right, okay. What did we say? Did you say tell her to chuck the clothes? I think we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. So, well, we uh, said give them to charity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm menopausal and biggest symptom is body aches, especially in the morning. Movement helps, so doing commit to six is fab. Also, just got HRT, so fingers crossed that helps too. Boxing day was worst day for ages walking, workout, nothing shifted it. Um, got me thinking about how much impact does food have on this. I drank only one glass of cava, so not hungover, but did eat far more sugary stuff, pudding, cake, trifle than I had consumed for a while. Would be interested in your thoughts on this. Um, and then Sarah replied saying, big reason I avoid alcohol is that it gives me the munchies, hot flushies, makes me tired seriously considering experimenting with non-alcoholic wine spirits in the new year there's lots in the market now also I've had terrible heartburn the last couple of days combination of highly processed foods and alcohol great question I in terms of like body aches I would be quite surprised if it had such a short-term like uh, impact there I think that what can impact things like arthritis or like achy joints and things is inflammation and inflammation can come from storing a lot of body fat and stretched fat cells but it can also come from certain foods and actually having a diet that's high in like anti-inflammatory foods like fruit and vegetables might benefit in that regard so you might find that like a, a change in diet does impact your your symptoms and I think like the most important thing here is to keep like a decent diary of the food you're eating the symptoms you're feeling there could have been loads of things that that could have been like it could have been even a little bit of alcohol it could have been that you didn't sleep as well because you'd eaten more because of the alcohol like I kind of hate this about myself now but I noticed over Christmas like my family eat really late at night and I I, I mean I say really late at night but like we normally have dinner at like 8 p.m which for me like just doesn't like I don't sleep well if I've eaten that late at night and, so, and I hate being that person that's like, oh, sorry, I don't really like to eat this late because it just impacts my routine and my, but actually if that does have a long-term impact on you or, or like a significant impact on you, you maybe have to start being a little bit more aware of, is it because I had my dinner at 8 p.m. instead of my normal 6 p.m. that I'm not sleeping as well, that that means that when I wake up, I am in more pain and that does impact the rest of my day. And now and again, like as a, you know, over Christmas, maybe that's something you're like, you know what, it's kind of worth being out of my routine to spend more time with my family and not be annoying and different and have to change everyone's plans. But at other times you might be like, actually, given that this causes me significant pain, I'm going to choose not to eat that late or I'm going to choose not to eat these foods. So I think the only way that you'll know is kind of how it reacts to your own body. There is you know, you can almost find like a theory for anything. So there is some logic behind that, but equally for some people that like, it wouldn't have any impact. So just figuring out what does and doesn't cause you flare ups is probably the best tip there. Anything to add? Maybe just like in terms of 
alcohol's impact on sleep even if like you have one glass of wine that can impact your sleep you can like i find if i have like one glass or like one beer or something like i'll be waking up quite a lot during the night and i suppose if you're training around that and then you're not getting a good sleep that might also be contributing to like feeling achy as well um Mm -hmm. Also the cold, like I've noticed my back is really not happy at the moment, like the worst it's been since surgery. And I think it's maybe a combination of like cold as opposed to anything like nutrition wise and just, yeah, a lot of things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Sarah, I know I've heard this question on previous podcasts, but I can't remember the answer. Can I substitute a workout for a different form of exercise? For example, I'm going to a spin class on Thursday. I know it's not resistance training, although we do get the gears up, so works my lower body to a degree. So could we swap for one of the workouts or need to do them in addition? I'd like to do them in addition, but priorities are different this week. Catherine, do you want to answer? Yeah, go for it. Um, We ideally do want you to be doing three resistance sessions a week. You can't really switch that for a spin class. Spin class is kind of a different modality of exercise. Catherine loves a spin class. Oh, I do. <laughs> I just feel like Beyonce when I'm taking them. I've got like the head mic on. I'm like, yeah, but I hate the lead up to it. Like the 10, 15 minutes before it, I'm like, I hate this. Like I never want to take a spin class again. Oh, do you still get nervous? No, no, I just like hate them. I'm like, I just can't be bothered to do it. Oh, okay, I, right. I know exactly what you mean, Catherine. Like, it's like, oh, I cannot be bothered. But then see, as soon as you've got the mic on, you're like, hi, yeah. everyone. <laughs> like someone walks into me and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is good fun. I'm going to miss them. Um, but yeah, it's a completely different form of exercise. So yeah, we want you doing the three resistance sessions a week. Um, if you can't fit them in, if you're struggling to fit them in on top of like your spin class, but we still want you to be enjoying your training session. So if you can't fit it in on top of the spin, maybe think about potentially like reducing or shortening one of your resistance sessions and even maybe doing spin after that. If your, you know, your weights training is your priority over your spin classes. Um, yeah, I would suggest that you potentially don't swap one for a spin class, mm-hmm. shorten one and then maybe do your spin afterwards. I agree. I, I don't know if I got like part of this question wrong, but was it just this week? Because yeah, if it's, it's just it's, this week, like, yeah, yeah. Week. do you know what? Go and enjoy spin class. It's a little bit different. It's not going to make any difference to your progress whatsoever. But totally agree with Catherine. Like long term, getting in those three resistance training workouts is a, a priority. And then anything you want to do on top of that. Um, excellent. And we want you to enjoy that exercise. So if you like a spin class, that's great. Okay. Um, this may be a tricky one to answer as I suspect that the answer may be individual. If someone consumes 1,000 to 1,500 calories extra on two to three consecutive days, then reverts back to their normal cal- calories, how long does it usually take for their body to process weight to go back to where it was before? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love these questions because they're so like, another one that you often get is like, how long after overeating will I know if it's been stored as fat? Like, think that's quite common as well. And it's like, you, I mean, how long is a piece of string? But it's not, it's not even that really. It's just like, if you are consistently in a surplus, you will store that energy. It's not going anywhere. It will start to be stored as body fat. If you're consistently in a deficit, you'll lose body fat. What happens for a couple of days within a time period doesn't really matter. Like you have to think of it as, as the bigger picture. So 
in terms of what will happen with your weight fluctuation, might take two days, might take a week. Everyone will be slightly different, probably depends on how often you go to the toilet, on on your general food volume, on your normal fluctuations, whether you're the week before your period. Like there's so many factors that it would be ridiculous for us to be like, it's gonna take exactly three days and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Shona, anything to add on like mindset around having overeaten over Christmas and then like getting back to quote unquote normal I I just think that it's if you've said two to three consecutive days it's such a small 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 amount of weight gain that we're talking here like negligible like maybe you would see it maybe you wouldn't and and really on the whole scale of things like everyone's doing that that's what we've all done we've all had a few days of excess and fun and 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 maybe not being as as disciplined as as you normally are but now we're into gooch week <laughs> um, we're well into gooch week we're, we're almost we're, i mean gooch week's almost finished by the way then... does gooch week go front to back or back to front well i'm so confused <laughs> okay so do you know what your gooch is yes. <laughs> right okay so gooch week is the week between christmas and new year and obviously so it's christmas you're which side is Christmas? <laughs> um, the front and New Year is the back. <laughs> okay, so we're almost at the anus. We're almost, yeah. <laughs> we're about to be expelled um, okay. from Gooch Week. Uh, so yeah, and then tomorrow is the first. And all those, I said like something really profound and, and amazing and motivational and inspiring. Oh, and we've all yeah. missed it. We've all missed. Was it something along the lines of New Year, New Me? That was it. That was it. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. So inspiring, really. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on like on that New Year, New Me? Um, I don't really like that saying as such, but I do think that like even without having like sort of specific goals at the moment and actually really liking my life the way it is I still feel motivated to kind of reflect and then set some new goals because it's the new year and I think when people like turn their nose up at that like oh look at all the new year new me people at the gym I'm like that's freaking great that they're here Mm. do you know what I don't care that if they only stay for January like hopefully they stay longer but at least they're here at least they're trying and like to turn your nose up at that I just think is like not cool um and I think when you've got motivation like we always talk about motivation that you shouldn't rely on it but when it's there capitalize on it mm. like if you're motivated in the new year great run with that and then when you're not motivated keep doing the stuff for sure if you want to maintain those results but it would be stupid to just be like yeah well I'm only motivated because it's the new year so I'm just not going to do anything because it won't last like no use it when you've got it mm-hmm. what are your thoughts Oh, I've I've always like been a big fan of um like new year new me people who join the gym because like January's not really that fun a month really it's it's like a bit dull weather's not great but the gym is busy and I I really love it I love like chatting to new people and stuff like that and 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 as a coach our job is to try and and keep those people and hold on to them and and keep them going for the rest of the year um so yeah I love it and I I love the the reset I love the sort of like fresh start new chats are a chance to like um to yeah reflect back and think right what do I want to improve on what do I want to like achieve this year I just love it I've always loved it 
I love it as well. I totally agree. Because like it's like at Christmas, everybody slows down, or most people slow down, don't they? Like at work, you're not like thinking about, oh, how many emails am I getting through? Like everybody else is off, so you can kind of chill out for that week, reflect on the year, and it's almost like a like a pattern interrupt, isn't it, for the mm-hmm. year? And it gives you the opportunity opportunity to like reflect and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like it as well. Totally agree. Agreed. Okay, Ashley. Um, hope you all had an amazing Christmas. We did, Ashley. Thank you. What about you? So I'm a bit hung up on what I should be lifting. I love a deadlift, but it's with dumbbells at home, not a bar. What weight should I be lifting for this, do you think? I'm amazed at how much people can lift and think I should be doing the same, especially if I'm going for aesthetic side of things. Also, what what does work overload mean and hypertrophy? How long can a newbie still see results at home working with certain weights? New year starting who would be great to work out where to start for goals again, please. And thank you. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? Um, I think in terms of what weight should you be lifting? Don't worry about what anyone else is lifting. Lift as heavy as you can for the given reps that we've allocated you. That's the weight that you should be lifting. That will increase over time as you start adapting to that training stimulus, basically, as you start getting stronger. Um, overload simply is that process. So progressive overload would be being able to lift heavier or being able to lift more weights, uh, sorry, more reps for the same weight. And in some way progressing, that's just what, that's exactly what we mean by progressive overload. And hypertrophy is simply building bigger muscles, like growing your muscle. So you don't need to worry too much about like the long um wording or anything like that and I think so I I actually just sent Ashley um something to help her reset her goals a little bit which I will post in the group for everyone who wants to do it it's quite nice because it helps you reflect on the year and see all the positives that have occurred this year and kind of identify the the people or the things that usually often actually the smaller things that have brought you a lot of happiness in the last year that we often don't think of when we're setting goals we're like right my goal is weight loss or my goal is to earn this much money or my goal is something like this when when you reflect on this when you look at what brought me the most joy this year oh it was actually spending more time with my mum okay so can a goal for next year actually be to make sure that you do spend more time with your mum like a lot of the time our goals just like aren't really conducive to what we want which is often like a happier more fulfilling life and actually our goals are are kind of what we think we should want or what society thinks that a normal goal should be and actually your goal could just be I'm going to try and set like aside some time every week to call my mum because I don't speak to her enough and actually that brought me a lot of happiness last year like it, it could be anything so that um that little sheet should help you reflect on the year and set some goals going forward for the next year love it i love that recently ashley posted in the group because her little boys had um wanted to like join in in our workouts and and picking up dumbbells and saying that they want to be strong like her and that is just like she should be so proud of herself that's incredible because they look at you ashley and they think she's really strong and I want to be like that and that and she's and I imagine she's not even like making a thing about it she's just doing her own thing and being a great role model and yeah I'm just loving it love it yeah I think Ashley like not to make this whole podcast about Ashley but 
has come so far and has worked on so much and is just asked great questions and is always looking to improve and we think you're doing fantastically well. Well done. Okay, um, for best results, does it make much difference if I do an exercise as a superset or just as separate sets? For example, bicep curl times 10, 30 seconds rest times three, then wide grip bar curl times 10, 30 seconds rest times three, or better to do bicep curl times 10, then wide grip curl times 10, right, then 30 seconds rest. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. So you get it? It, should, you get yeah, it? got it. Okay. Got it. Right. Should it be superset or should it be individual? <laughs> and to be honest, it doesn't really matter. But I find that one, it's more time efficient. Two, it's a little bit more fun. Um, and those are basically the two points of doing a superset, really. Like you don't have to do it as a superset. And if, if for example, you're like, well, I can't bring the dumbbells close to the lap pull and there's a lap pull superset or something, like that's fine. Just do them individually. It'll have the same response but if you can do them as a superset you're probably going to get the workout done faster and it's just a little bit more fun yeah totally agree. sweet yep okay this is the last question on the thread um okay uh what's your opinion on artificial sweeteners such as splenda if you don't have diabetes better to just go for natural sugar despite more carbs same for milk better to go with some fat than none at all just been in diet mindset for so long um there's nothing wrong with sweeteners in moderation like if you're someone who's having excessive amounts of sweeteners then you might want to consider that but if you're having I don't know a coffee and you are going to have sugar or a sweetener it's completely up to you like as long as you account for the calories that are in them I prefer having a sweetener they're actually sweeter than sugar as well if you're someone who has like quite a sweet tooth um yeah um and when it comes to full fat and non-fat alternatives like milk is one example but like it could be like am I using margarine or butter or full fat greek yogurt or zero percent greek yogurt when it comes to this like I think choose your indulgences so if you're like do you know what a full fat latte just does it for me like it's my favorite thing I love having it like well, however often you have it like it, it brings me a lot of joy great if you're like man I don't even really notice if it's semi skims or full fat or skimmed or a skinny latte or whatever then maybe that's not your thing but you might be like but a full fat greek yogurt oh it's just the best or you might be like I love butter on my toast and if I have margarine, it's just not the same. And I can't, like, I just don't enjoy it as much. I think kind of choose where you want to give yourself a little bit of, a, like, more calories, a bit of a treat that's probably going to taste a bit better. You absolutely could use full fat everything, but there's going to come, at, like, a cost of calories for that. So you'd have to account for those in other areas if you don't want to put on body fat. It's, it's always just, like, a bit of a cost-benefit calculation. Yeah. What are your two indulgences that you would choose? Full fat Greek yogurt and olive oil mm. instead yep. of spray. I've got yours. Uh, quite like butter on toast. Um, and probably Greek yogurt as well, full fat. When you have like I... Greek fat yogurt and then you Greek fat yogurt, <laughs> full fat Greek yogurt. <laughs> 
and then go back to zero percent fat it's just like uh no yeah but do you know what i think works the other way right so i always have a skinny latte and then when i have a full fat latte it, it literally tastes to me like cow i'm like it's <laughs> the, the milk tastes like so milky that i'm like i don't actually i don't actually like it which is weird because mm. normally it's the other way right you're like oh I've, as soon as you have full fat greek yogurt you're like there's no way i can go back it tastes so much better but I find with milk, like, I think I like skim's milk because it doesn't really taste like anything. It's just like, it's basically watered down full fat milk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 What's yours, Shona? I love oat milk and it has to be barista edition oatly. Yes. Agreed. Mm, yeah. But in what sense? Like in a latte? In a, in a coffee, yeah, I have. Oat milk, flat white. Oat milk's sweetener. quite low in calories, isn't it? I don't think the barista edition is. I think oh, it's not the barista. <laughs> yeah. No, it specifically has to be the barista edition. Oh. Yeah, you can tell when it's not. Yeah, I'm yeah. like. <laughs> I'm oh, see, I think, I, I think I've maybe had an oat milk flat white or something, but it must not have been barista edition because it just no. tasted quite watery to me. Yeah, no good. Get yourself oh. some. Put it in your milk frother. Oh, I'm going to put it in my milk frother. Yeah. yeah. I tried um, soy milk yesterday in the frother. It was all right. Yeah. Mm, delicious. Um, so that appears to be all the questions, but I, I have some more from Commit to Six Checkings. Bring them on. Bring them on. Okay, so this is like a specific to Christmas question, but I just think it's like a lifetime question as well. Okay, so how to deal with emotional eating over Christmas when family trigger you? For example, in-laws like to comment, put down how I do things with my little one. Find it easier to keep quiet than stand up for myself so then I eat crap, so then emotionally eat. Oh, I mean, one that you've noticed it is kind of the first thing. And then I guess, like, and this is so much easier said than done, I know. But once you notice a behavior that you're doing that isn't conducive to the outcome that you want, like you do have the power to change that and you do have the power to sit with your thoughts and you don't have to act on them and you don't have to numb them and you can just sit with them and feel them and choose what you want to do with them. That like, And that's like, oh, I mean, the answer to so many questions in life, like emotional eating in general, like unfortunately the answer isn't particularly easy and most people won't do it and won't do the work to do that. But actually the ability to sit with your thoughts and choose which ones that you act on and choose how you want to respond to things. That's always going to be like the primary answer. But I don't know if you've got anything more specific about family. And I, actually interested in your thoughts on people who are like, what you need to do is set your boundaries. So you need to say to them, this is my boundary. I would prefer you didn't comment on the way that I treat my children and please don't make any more comments like this like I actually think that that like I just can't imagine someone doing that in the context that most people describe and I think that that's usually like a therapist response is like just set your boundaries identify what they are like I can't imagine getting up at my my family dinner table and being like these are my boundaries please don't talk about me in this way like please do not ever mention anything to do with this like it just wouldn't like I can't imagine a family situation where that would actually be appropriate or go down well and potentially no. cause more problems to be honest they'd be like is she okay <laughs> I think I'd feel like really like awful standing up like at the dinner table saying that I think I'd need to like 
chat to my family members one-on-one just kind of like afterwards once I'd simmered down a bit but I think like for me because I don't see my family that regularly I probably wouldn't bring something like that up because I'm kind of like well I'm only there for a few days what's the point in stirring things but then if you're someone that sees your family more regularly maybe it is worth bringing something like that I don't know Mm. yeah I think you're totally right Emma like that in practice doesn't work like excuse me everyone ding 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 here are my boundaries no one step over them um yeah that's going to cause like major awkwardness but I wrote a list of like um of like phrases that you can use um and reply to this check-in and they're just phrases oh, story bro <laughs> tell it again yeah, essentially that's what they are like it just shuts someone down so you can say oh interesting I'll give that some consideration um, <laughs> Another one would be, that's one way to do it. Um, thanks for that, but this is what works for me. Yeah. So, I yeah, appreciate like, your comments. I'll, I'll take it on board. Yeah. Um, thanks for your feedback. I'll get back to you within 48 hours. <laughs> I love those. Yeah, I think sometimes like that's all that's needed is just my mum's quite good at this but like there's like a little bit of oh do you know the I think this line might be from Pride and Prejudice but it's like at the start where someone's playing the piano and the woman's like I think you've uh oh what what is the word it's like I think you've pleasured us with your playing long enough Mildred or whatever and it's like it's just like that like there's like a like an air of like it's time for you to stop playing the piano but you're not saying stop playing the piano it's like you're you've said enough that it's like your comment isn't welcome here and it was you've probably overstepped the line but you're not like how dare you talk to me about how I bring up my own children blah 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 Mm. like which would cause friction or if you're like the thing is a lot of the time with boundaries and when people are saying I want to set these boundaries you actually don't want the boundary that you're trying to set like if you're if you if I said like if I had kids and I said to my mom because she was commenting on the way I was bringing up my children like I don't want any input on how I'm bringing up my own children. That isn't true. Like, I don't want your like snide comments, Mm. but what I do want is probably input at some point. And I think a lot of the time that's true with boundaries around like people with food and with weight and stuff. It's like, you're not saying you never want them to ever comment on anything that you ever eat ever. And that that, that's like, uh, I don't know, a line that you should never ever cross. You're saying that like the flippant comments aren't helpful to me. And I don't know, this is my goal or whatever. So yeah, interesting. I like those. I like the little, just just a little air of like a little snide dig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did anyone have like awkward conversations? Was there like any like political chat or anything like that over Christmas? Oh, I, I brought up um, Florence Given's book with my dad, Women right. Don't Know You Pretty. I can't remember why it was relevant. I was speaking to my auntie about something oh we were talking about like feminism in some way and I was like oh have you read this book and she was like oh I've heard of it blah blah blah. and then my dad was like what's it called women don't know you pretty and I was like yeah and she, he was like what does that mean and I was like well what do you think it means dad and he was like well what, like what does that mean? but he always does this so I can back myself into a corner he's like what does that mean and I was like well don't you think that's the problem that, like you if you genuinely don't know what that means what that title is trying to portray this is the problem and he was like, well, like, wouldn't, shouldn't it be 
women don't owe you being pretty or like so you know like try to make some like grammatical like that doesn't even make any sense women don't owe you pretty it should be women don't owe you to become pretty or something I was like oh good one dad yeah yeah the classic move the goalposts because the grammar's slightly off oh, yeah so I think that was like as heated as it got this year it was very tame mm. um I had a, a massive success my mum used they them pronouns for someone totally unprompted she's 68 that like, that is impressive that is so impressive and she she I didn't even know who she was talking about but turns out they're non-binary and she like talked about them they them the whole time she was she was talking about them and I was like see if anyone's parents or grandparents say that they're too old or beyond something it's be oh I don't I just don't understand it she's 68 and she learned so there you go that's really impressive do you know what I did here and I heard this like third hand from a very poor source so I think it might be like misconstrued but something about now if you're convicted of rape that you say that like if you're a man and you're convicted of rape but you say that you're transitioning into a woman that you get put in a women's prison in Scotland like they've they've changed like the trans laws so that you can just like be like oh no I'm transitioning Mm-hmm. that's right. worrying well wait 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 so where did you hear this well I heard it on another podcast which wasn't a great source <laughs> and I think that um well actually and then I saw it on a tweet from the Harry Potter lady oh yeah so she's well she's um, she's known for being a bit transphobic isn't she a, a lot and and that's her that's her main argument like you know when people are are transphobic one of the main arguments is um prisons or toilets and if that's if they can't really move beyond that then I don't think they've got a very strong argument I know I, I do find it funny it's like it, so I had it this is kind of a similar example like I had this discussion about someone was like BMI is such a stupid measure I can't believe that you'd even like mention it and they were talking about how like some people like come on like the UK is not overweight because we're all elite athletes who have been pushed into the overweight BMI because of how much muscle mass we have like you're using like an extreme and and the same is true for the trans argument like there are situations where we would need to consider you know what would happen if someone who was trans had to go to jail like would they go to a female or a male jail like there are situations where there there is like discussion to be had but it's not like that's not just because just because of that we shouldn't be like oh well then no trans rights for anyone do you know what <laughs> we can't like it's just so stupid it's like oh well like what we're not going to use bmi for anyone because there's a couple of outliers like yeah it's it's ridiculous i think it just shows like there isn't there isn't a strong argument so you're just picking like tiny situations that mm. don't often occur yep um do you want another question or can we continue discussing things yeah, yeah. in this sort of vein? No, all right, no, go ahead. <laughs> right, so here's, an, here's another one, a debate that we had over the over the Christmas table. So um, my mum has a therapist. So it's a, a dog that is like a therapy dog. And right. she's like really, really good. This dog is amazing. Um, she goes to uni, she goes to hospices, she goes to care homes um and she's like just the best dog ever and she's been asked to go to prison 
and she's not keen she's not keen to go to prison because the area she used to be a teacher she's worried she might like see a former pupil wait the dog <laughs> <laughs> oh my mum right my okay mom. Right. Um, so she's been asked to take the dog she's not keen <laughs> it's like the dog's now a therapist but the dog used to be a teacher <laughs> see a, a math teacher um incredible so, dog so we were having a debate about it and one of the one of the sides of the debate was that if you're in prison do you deserve to get a therapist like that seems like quite a nice treat and then the other side was like yeah but everyone should have the chance to rehabilitate and and be better and human rights and all that because obviously if you're in prison you get you know, like just like normal you get dentist you'd get all your medical care blah 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 but then a therapist would come under mental health care what's your thoughts well this is kind of similar to well not quite but like almost similar to the argument about trans rights it's like if you've raped someone do we still care that much about your trans rights? <laughs> that might be quite a unpopular thing to say, but I just think like if you've gone, I mean, and obviously we know that there's problems with like people can be wrongly accused of things and that's a huge problem. I don't know. I, I, I think that this is a much broader like problem, but jail doesn't work. Like it doesn't. Like we know that the reoffending rates are like you're two hundred percent more likely to go to jail if you've been to jail. Like it's not it's not working at the moment. Do I think a therapist would change that? Probably not. Like no. we spend so much money on jail as well on prison as well that I think as like in general it's just a really poor deterrent and we need to figure out a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and even like this goes back to my criminology days at uni but there there would be like people who will commit crimes to go to jail because they're treated better there than they are like you know if they don't have a anywhere to live or anywhere safe to live and actually it's actually nicer being in prison like that shouldn't be yeah I mean it's really sad for the quality of life that they have outside of prison but also might be that it's quite cushy as well to an extent yeah. saying that having never been to prison known <laughs> nothing about it so <laughs> yeah um yeah so if anyone murders either of you and then I found out that your murderer was getting to plat therapy I would be really annoyed about that so yeah, yeah. so would I yeah <laughs> yeah and I don't think that the I think therapy sure yeah but yeah, yeah therapy I don't think that's going to change someone from being like a criminal to mm. not. Mm. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It was a good debate, though. Yeah, it's not the turning yeah. point, is it? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Um, okay, so do you want another um, fitness question? <laughs> yeah. I have a couple as well. When yeah, right. Well, do you want to do one then? Let's go for it. Um... <clears throat> How to be more present in the moment. I want to work on this a lot this year. So come my wedding day, I can truly enjoy every second. Oh, I love yes. this. I've been thinking about this a lot. So I've been doing like a bit of like reflection over the year and things and and how most people's goals generally for life, this is quite broad, but are, are like to live a happy life, right? Always kind of comes back to that. 
and I think that we often see happiness as like a destination as an end point as like oh well when I do this this and this then I'll be happy or I need to change my life in this way and then I'll be happy and I think we've probably all been thinking about it in the wrong way that actually it's the little moments it's like laughing with a friend it's getting a coffee it's like a perfect sunrise it's seeing people that you love it like it doesn't tend to be and even when you look at things like the perfect day exercise and most people are like oh yeah I'd wake up on a beach and then I'd go skydiving and blah 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 it's like no actually normally when you reflect like your perfect day was pretty normal but just everything kind of spotted into place and there's like little things that you can change about your life that would make it that bit closer to that but when you really think about times that you were happy they have very little to do with some of your goals that you're pursuing in the pursuit of happiness and I think realizing that and, and the fundamental thing that I kept coming back to was it's being present and that actually you'll miss these moments of like true happiness and joy if you can't be present like if you're not if you're always worried about fear of missing out of something else or what are your friends doing or what are other people doing or what are people doing on social media or should I be doing something else or I've got a load of work to do or like looking at notifications on your phone you'll never be truly present and you'll probably miss like the real happiness that happens every day yeah 100% I think that's something that I've struggled with like this year is being present because I've just had so much on I'm constantly like thinking about the next thing I'm like oh there's this email that I've not replied to or there's this thing that's going on at work or I need to make sure I remember this and then something pops up and I'm like I just can never be present in the moment I remember like the day that I finished up my job which was like two weeks ago now I like got home and I hung out with my flatmate one of my best pals and I was like this is the first time I don't feel like I'm in a rush because I'm actually intentionally just sitting down and doing nothing and not thinking about anything I think like so one of the pieces of advice that I gave this client was to make sure that you take intentional time out because you know you need that to like even if it's 15 20 minutes a day or you know it's a day at the weekend that helps so much because you can just switch off um so that was one of the main pieces of, of advice that I gave yeah mm. um I read a really good quote um recently I'll read it out to you just now um it's because like one thing that is is to be able to really enjoy and appreciate like these moments of happiness I think you have to also appreciate that there's not always moments of happiness and and sometimes life you, you can get days that are boring or sad or you're angry and but those are just as valid and important to be able to experience the light so the quote is can't have the rain without the rain but no can't have the rainbow without the rain well I think you'll like this one even better <laughs> I can never I can never be all the people I want and live all the lives I want I can never train myself in all the skills I want and why do I want I want to live and feel all the shades, tones, and variations of mental and physical experience possible in my life. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think that's, that's like a big realization when you're in this like pursuit of a happy life is realizing that actually you have to experience the downs and the ups and that a happy life isn't a life that doesn't have any sad days. It's a life where you feel both sides of it and if you try and numb the sad days then you won't feel the highs either yeah yeah that's great a, that's question. A really good question a great question because I think we all we all suffer from it like if you've got Instagram if you've got social media like you're just maybe looking for the next thing rather than putting your phone away mm -hmm. just... 
I think that's like, I mean, that's like a really obvious and simple tip that will have a big impact is turning notifications off or putting your phone away. But I think the other one that maybe people don't think about that much is like the problem of FOMO, as in like fear of missing out, that a lot of people are sat with their family realizing that they're not sat with their partner or realizing that their friends are out doing something else or just kind of always thinking like, well, if I do this, like what am I missing out on? And I think it's like one way to kind of get like avoid that is that as soon as you make a decision to be where you are and be present like forget about what else is going on forget about what your mates are doing like you can hear about that later you can go and do that the next time mm-hmm. but you're net you're not really going to enjoy the choice you've actually made and the commitment you've actually made if you're thinking about oh what what about if I'd gone somewhere else or I'd done something else and then you're always thinking about that so I think once you make a decision to be or to do what you're doing or with who you're doing it with like Mm. be fully present there Mm. and another thing that like I I don't know if you two do this but sometimes like you're in a situation or something happens and you're like I need to take a picture of this and there's nothing like having a baby or a child because I'll get my phone out and he'll just stop doing whatever cute thing he's doing so it really teaches me to just appreciate whatever he's doing right now is cute I don't actually need to capture it because I can see it right now fine no one else needs to know about it this is true Mm. right okay um should I have another question what should you what should you prioritize when you have a busy schedule when I'm busy I either can't fit the gym in or go for walks or I forget to eat trying to work out what I should focus on during this time as I have busy periods every four months with work I'm probably going to go a bit tough love with this like you absolutely can but all that in you just need to be a bit more organized and it's going to mean that you need to plan ahead a little bit like if you have a fat loss goal and you're saying you don't have time it doesn't take less like it doesn't take more time to eat less like that's quite crude and quite simple and like oversimplifying it but it doesn't like you are absolutely capable and I actually think it's much easier when you're busy because Mm. you're forced to like be really prepared to know exactly what you're doing to make sure that your gym session is scheduled in and you always have time to exercise I think the reason that people think they don't have time to exercise is because they think that you have to spend a lot of time exercising even a 15 minute workout will get you great results like it doesn't have to be a full hour in the gym that you have to drive to that then you faffing around and it takes like a three hour round trip to do a workout. It can just be setting a timer for 15 minutes in your room and doing a workout, doing a bodyweight workout. Like it can be really simple. And if you want to get results, like you have to put in the effort to do that. You have to make sure that you fit it around your life. Like we could easily say, prioritize this and don't worry about this. But realistically, what we're saying is like you also won't get as good results because all of those things are important like it's important to still maintain what you're doing with your diet and it's important to still maintain what you're doing with your exercise even when things get busy and you can have like initially when I set non-negotiables or I think people interpret them in different ways that they're meant to be like baseline level like I will not go below this this is what I'm committing to myself I will not go below this and then you might have an optimal as well so I might have like my baseline steps for the day is 7,000 like I'm I don't think I've ever been below that aside from back surgery for like years but my optimal is normally about 12,000 like that's and that's normally what I aim for and it might be that like I don't think I've ever 
aside from injury, had a week where I've not trained at least three times. I've not exercised at least three times for years. But usually I, I exercise five times a week. I go to gym five times a week. So you've kind of got like this leeway. And at times when things are really busy, I might only get in three workouts, but I've still ticked the boxes. Like I still know that's like the bare minimum of what I need to do. And I, sometimes setting yourself like those like um, minimum targets and then like optimal targets is quite a good way because then when things do get busy, you can drop down to the minimum and still know that you're making progress. Hmm. Um, yeah, try not and make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you say work gets really busy every four months and everything just like falls by the wayside, then yeah, it'll just continue to do that. But what I said in my reply was that this time just do it differently. As Emma said, plan it in, plan in all the stuff that you need to do and how good you will feel because you've managed to keep all those plates spinning. You've smashed it at work because everything's really busy. You've kept your steps up. You've done your workouts. You've not let all this stuff that's good for you, all this self-care go and then resent it, feel miserable at your work. It's going to make you feel better and more positive about this busy period in the long run yeah and you'll be more productive like mm. taking time off to exercise like you might think oh well you know I need to do x amount of work but I think one thing I've really realized this year is the amount of time you spend working isn't reflective of necessarily how much work you get done and actually doing one hour of focused work being present turning your phone off turning off notifications writing a list of what you actually need to get done and focusing on getting those things done is more productive than three hours of faffing around letting like you know messaging people at the same time as trying to do something else and not really knowing what you're doing and knowing that you've got work to do but you haven't highlighted what's important and what needs done and what's just stuff that can wait till later like be more in intentful with your time and what you want to do with that time and you will find that you have more free time right Catherine uh, another good one, another cracker. What's the best advice you've ever had that you think is also useful to us in a committed context? Wow, just on the spot. Best Maybe you need to think had. about it. We'll come back to it. Thanks. Thanks for you, the heads up, you Catherine. Sorry. Yeah. What did What did you answer to that? I kind of panicked. <laughs> no, I was at, I was at home, so I was like feeling nostalgic. Uh -huh. um, so I was like relating it back to like something like things that I'd done when I was younger so I was like oh when I went along to have music lessons every week and like it was like every Tuesday or something my piano teacher I'd have to like practice in between each of the lessons like whatever piece we were working on and I'd go away and it'd be like Wednesday Thursday Friday would go by hunting any practice Saturday Sunday no practice got to Monday but like shit I've got a piano lesson on Tuesday and practice so I'd like cram in like an hour, an hour and a half of practice. My piano teacher knew, she's like, like you've not been practicing. So like one of the th bits of advice that she gave me is to like obviously break it down and do smaller chunks of practice throughout the week. So like 20, 30 minutes a few times a week rather than like one big chunk of work. Um, so yeah, little and often is like one of those things, I suppose, when it comes to the behavior change that I think is really impactful to remember. That was mm -hmm. what I replied with. I'm sorry for putting you guys on the spot. That reminds me a little bit of uh, a quote I read that was more about like finance, but it kind of relates that it's like once you understand compounding interest and compounding returns in finance, you become rich. Once you understand that in your life, like your life changes. Like once you understand that actually 
doing the little things every day that you think make no difference really compound into like really significant results and things like your morning routine you might be like well I missed it today it doesn't matter that you missed it today like will doing 10 push-ups in the morning have any impact on anything if you do it today no if you do it every day hell yeah like that compounds that has a huge impact and like even the little choices you're making like oh does you know choosing the salad over the burger today make any difference no of course it doesn't it's gonna make absolutely no difference if you have a burger or a salad today like what you do in in like in the moment doesn't matter except that it does when it compounds like if you choose the salad over the burger every day then yeah that does have start to have a big impact so it's like it's a weird like it's weird to get your head around but like what you do every day doesn't matter but it does matter <laughs> like it doesn't matter in the day but it matters over time like nothing could matter more than that and actually it's the small things that you do every day that have the biggest impact not these huge life events and it kind of comes back to what we're talking about with happiness like a happy life is realizing like the small things every day that make you happy not these big like monumentous events that we think actually make us happy or this destination that will somehow reach that now we have like reached happiness no like it's already here you just need to open your eyes to it yeah yeah What's your best advice? Me. Hi. Um, I like uh, finished is better than perfect because, like, I used to. I like I. I love sewing, and I'm not a perfectionist. I don't think I've ever been a perfectionist. Did anyone do um, Young Enterprise at school? No. So Young Enterprise is like um, you you create a business, like you're in a team and you create a business and then you have to like sell a product and have events and stuff. And I was quality assurance and I was the worst at that. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, I've never been, I've been like, yeah. I, I've always been of the opinion, like, you should probably get something out rather than just like trying to like micro focus on it and make it per- perfect. Um, so yeah, I suppose that applies to to commit to six because like, see if you try and wait until everything's perfect, like you've got no challenges in your life and um, you've not got the right equipment, like you've not got time to go to the gym, like you'll never get anything done rather than just trying to get something done kind of imperfectly, consistently. Yeah, I I think that's such a good point. I speak about this a lot on AFN, but getting a product out, like for example, the first time I did commit to six, it wasn't mm-hmm. perfect. But how would I possibly know what could be per- like or what could be the best program without working with people, without getting feedback, without changing things based on that feedback and growing and finding new bits of software that do different things? And like, if you don't start, you can't possibly do that. Like, you can't possibly become anywhere near perfect and it it works from like a product standpoint as well like if you created this product that's not quite perfect but you get it out there and consumers are like we like this bit but we don't like this bit and then you change things and you make it better like that's how you create things that people actually want but I think even more is true with the service like a lot of the time I'll ask for feedback in the group and I'm like oh like when we spoke about doing voice note check-ins and I was like everyone will love this like people are going to love voice note check-ins I'd almost like I'd like kind of got the app ready like I'd given you all access to the app and I was like this is what we're going to do and then I put it in the group and people were like nah I quite like the written check-ins because then I can look back on it and I'm like I would have 
like force something on people that like they don't want like it, it's all good in your head that you're like oh yeah this is going to be a great idea do your clients actually want that like you need to get feedback and you need to change things based on feedback the only way that you could create a service and a program that is anywhere near like perfect or is good essentially is mm-hmm. to start before you have it like perfect but that's the way you create it to be perfect and on an individual level this is true for commit to six like if you're like I'm not going to start dieting because I'm not quite sure what the perfect diet is yet well it's individual like you have to work that out yourself like we can't possibly tell you even when it comes down to things as basic as calorie targets I can set you calorie targets based on like basic physiology and your weight and your body mass and how much you move and your dieting history a little bit and just like my experience but really what works for you comes from trying it doing your check-ins figuring out what is working what isn't working and then changing based on the feedback from yourself like that's the only way that you can ever figure out what's going to work for you or what's going to work for your business so I think that's a good one start before you're quite ready because Mm. it's the only way that you're going to create something that actually is I don't know because I don't want to say perfect but actually it's like good yeah (laughs) And if you're doing Young Enterprise, then your family have to buy it anyway. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you can get feedback from them. All right. Should we um, wrap up for this year? Yes. That was lovely. Thank you very much for your time and brains. And we will see everyone in 2022. Bye.